If you are caregiving and helping somebody, give yourself a break and say, you know what? I'm stepping up to the plate. Happy early Christmas from me. My name's Andy, uh, host of the uh, 30 Second Book Club podcast. This is a place for people who want to read books and be in a book club but don't have time to do either. And we try to just cover all these different topics of things that might be going on in your life, including maybe you're starting a caregiving journey. This podcast is for you. Maybe you need to forward this to a friend. We're talking with Jennifer Fitzpatrick, who wrote a book called Cruising Through Caregiving. And Jennifer, let's just start with what was your inspiration to write this book? Well, I've been in this field for 30 years since I was a teenager. I uh, had a high school job in senior living, and I've seen repeatedly family members, adult daughters, sons, grandkids, spouses, be so stressed out as caregivers that they give up their whole lives. They might quit their job. They might stop eating properly. And I wanted to write a book where every chapter was a different way to reduce the stress of caregiving so you remain happy and healthy while you help your loved one. I can imagine what uh, most people go through, that first thought of, okay, my parents, my lo- someone I love very dearly is going through this really tough time. I need to be there for them. And they turn into a helicopter caregiver. What does that look like? <laughs> so a helicopter caregiver is when we hear that term about parents, like we hear about parents wanting to go on job interviews with their kids or or wanting to fight all of the battles for their kindergartner who maybe didn't get the snack that they wanted at snack time. But helicopter caregiving is when somebody starts taking over when the person really doesn't need it. For example, and just a a small example might be your loved one maybe needs some help, needs some care, but you insist on driving them to the door of the doctor's office. Well, it might be that they that little bit of exercise is actually going to help keep them feeling better, just walking from the car to the doctor's office door. Now, listen, I'm not saying if, if the person really has a tough time uh, walking around that you don't do that, but when we start doing too much, that's helicopter caregiving. And so it's not good for the person who needs care. It's not good for the caregiver either. Now, I, I probably should start with this, Jennifer. I'm sure when people first start this caregiving journey, I mean, again, just like you're, you, you kind of talked about how those helicopter parenting, helicopter caregiving, I think there's a lot of parallels to um, what it's like to have a child. And, you know, you, you wish that they came with a manual. They don't. What's that first thing that you wish people knew as they're starting that caregiving journey that maybe they have no idea? That it might be a lot longer than they're expecting. So I know my grandmother years ago, she broke both of her shoulders, which is crazy. But she, for four weeks, we knew she was going to be immobilized. And we knew that there was going to be an end date. She was super independent. But my aunts and I did everything for her for four weeks. And then she was back on her feet four weeks later. In so many caregiving instances, there's no end date. So something that my aunts and I could do for four weeks is not necessarily something that you are going to be capable of doing for four months, four years, or or fourteen years. So just to know that a lot of times it's 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 going to take longer, and you got to pace yourself. And part of that journey might be thinking about: Is my loved one? Are, should they move in to our house? And you you have a whole chapter about that in your book. Right. There's a lot of ways to be a good caregiver. And I think a lot of people's instincts are, well, if I'm a good daughter, I guess I move in with mom. Maybe I move in with her or I I move her in with me. 
And a lot of times that is a great idea that it can work out beautifully. But I have a checklist in cruising through caregiving on, is it a good idea for you and your family? And by the way, Artists of Woodbury is giving out free copies of Cruising Through Caregiving. If you stop by their new welcome center or call them, they will they will give you a free copy. But the checklist is available free on our website, cruisingthroughcaregiving.com. And if you are looking at moving in with your mom or having mom move in with you, again, sometimes it works out great. But let me give you an example of when it doesn't. And this is something that a lot of people do not think about. Say you have two teenage daughters and mom is going to move in and she's going to have to share a bathroom with them now. (laughs) Now, everybody might love grandma, but is that going to create a logistical nightmare? And I think sometimes people make these emotional knee-jerk reactions and they say, okay, this is the right thing to do. I'm a bad daughter if I don't do this. So I think you think it through. You got to talk to everybody in the household. How's it going to impact everybody? What will the logistics be? How will the financial arrangements work? Like, will your loved one contribute financially to the household? So it's not a bad idea, but for some people, it works out great. For other people, they regret it as soon as they did it. So you talked about this a little bit earlier uh, about, you know, there's there's this tendency, you know, this person I love, I got to care, be a caregiver to just throw your whole life towards them right away. And you talk about the caregiver martyr syndrome. What does that look like? How do we avoid that? The caregiver martyr syndrome is so dangerous because you when if you actually get into caregiver martyr syndrome. So, again, there's another checklist, cruisingthroughcaregiving.com. You can download it for free, but it's in the book and it's about. Are, how are you feeling spiritually, socially, physically, mentally? For some people, they know they're in martyr syndrome because they start having headaches. They start having stomach aches. They, they're, they're resenting the money that they're spending on their loved one. Maybe they're not spending any time with their spouse or their own kids or grandkids. And they start feeling really angry, resentful. If they are a spiritual person, they might feel really angry with God. So if we're in martyr syndrome, we are not providing good care. In fact, there's actually a chance we might be neglectful or even abusive to our loved one. So I want everybody to stay out of martyr syndrome and to reduce their stress as much as possible. Now, I thought this was kind of interesting, Jennifer. In your book, you do you talk about this, and and uh, again, I think there's a tendency just to say, "All right, well, they know best." Uh, talk about the doctor doesn't know everything. <laughs> the doctor knows a lot, so it's it's actually not a knock on docs at all. What we're saying is the doctor is a good resource. You know, you want to go to your doctor, you want to work with your doctor, utilize your doctor as a partner. But your doctor does not necessarily have the time to go through everything that might help you with caregiving. A lot of docs do have the insight to say, you know what, it might be a good idea to join a caregiver support group or go talk to your local area agency on aging or might say, listen, you know, you need to get home care in the home or you need to consider senior living. But a lot of doctors, maybe they don't have that insight. They, maybe they're good at surgery. They're good at diagnosing. They're good at, at figuring out what meds are going to make the most sense for your condition, but they might not be clued in with resources that are going to help you. So you, you really have to do your own work. And that's why a book like Cruising Through Caregiving um, can help you. In fact, I'm going to actually be out 
in March, a totally free uh, event, Barnes and Noble of Woodbury, uh, March 26th. It's going to be all about how to navigate caregiving in a less stressful way. Artist Senior Living is giving out 30 copies of Cruising Through Caregiving to the first 30 people that walk through the door. Come to events like that. Go to events that your Alzheimer's Association is happening or if your loved one has cancer, go to events that the American Cancer Society is happening. Go to those websites, glean the information that's there. They can help you because the doctor is invaluable. If you've got a good physician, awesome, but they can't be the only person that's helping you. So how do you know when it's time for your loved one to make them give up their keys? Because I know that's such an independent, uh, such a, a big thing of independence. How do you know, and then how do you have that conversation with them? So there's two angles we have to look at. So if the person has dementia, you just have to take over, and you got to be creative. So you have to you have to do what you whatever you need to do to keep them away from the car, keep them away from the keys. And sometimes that's moving them into a senior living community where they're in a secured environment and they can't access a car or keys. Sometimes it's just simply making sure that. There's no car, their vehicle's not in sight, that we move the car to a friend's house or we sell the car and the person doesn't see it there. And we sometimes will say, you utilize a therapeutic fib. You say, oh, mom, the car is in the shop. What we often don't want to do is, especially in when the person has late stage or mid-stage dementia, you don't want to try to reason with them. Oh, mom, remember, you have Alzheimer's. You're not going to be able to drive. Remember the doctor said no. If in the early stages, sometimes you can do that. And sometimes the person's going to say, that's right. The doctor did say that. But as this disease progresses, it gets worse and worse. And the person's not going to remember. So we just have to take precautions to make sure that they are they, they don't have the, the vehicle in their line of sight, that the keys aren't around, or just making sure that they have a way to get where they need to go without driving. But we as friends and family, as a community, we just need to get in the way of somebody with dementia driving. When we see a silver alert on the highway, that's what's happening. Okay. And so now uh, let's talk about maybe a loved one who, yeah, they shouldn't be driving, but they don't have dementia. How do we approach that? Okay. First, and I wrote a whole chapter about this in Cruising Through Caregiving, your older loved one is an adult. They're a grown up. So if they don't have dementia or another illness that's causing them difficulty with judgment, they are, they get to decide what we want to do is give them, persuade them, encourage them, talk to them about the consequences of driving. If they have a condition that is going to make driving more dangerous, talk to them about the issue of having if, if, if maybe like give them evidence. So for example, if you, your loved one has been in a number of fender benders in the last couple of months, talk about that. Talk about, you know, mom, I was riding with you. You're going below the speed limit. I'm concerned someone's going to rear end you. They've had a lot of maybe tickets lately. Um, whenever we see, and we can give them evidence. The first time you have this conversation with someone you love, they're probably not going to say, okay, you know what? You're right. I'm going to stop driving. That's unlikely. But I think if we as friends, family, neighbors have these conversations, if the doctor is having these conversations, ultimately, eventually, the person is going to say, all right, this isn't safe anymore. Most of the time, what we need to do is help them figure out how are they going to get around? Is it going to be we help them drive? 
Are we going to get the ride from the area agency on aging? Are we going to hook them up with Uber or Lyft? But we have to, how are we going to replace that independence of them getting where they need to go? One more question for you, Jennifer. Again, your book is a great resource, Cruising Through Caregiving. If someone is listening to this uh, podcast right now, and I know that's a lot of information, they might feel overwhelmed. I think the most important thing, hopefully you can share with them, is you talk about this in the book, to let yourself off the hook. How do you do that when it feels like the weight of this person's life is on your shoulders? Well, for one, you got to remind yourself that you're making a choice every day. And it doesn't feel like that to a lot of us. But there are people that opt out of caregiving every day. It's funny. My husband and I actually don't have children. We've been married 20 years. And sometimes people will say, well, who's going to take care of you when you're old? And I, I kind of laugh and I say, well, having a child does not guarantee you have a caregiver. There's countless people that don't, that don't have a caregiver. So if you are caregiving and helping somebody, give yourself a break and say, you know what? I'm stepping up to the plate. And I bet the, anybody listening, you've got a, a sister in another state who does nothing for your dad, right? Uh, so you know, so give yourself props and remind yourself that you're doing something really special and know that you have to reduce your stress. If you're going to keep it up, you're going to keep helping your loved one. You got to do what you can to reduce your stress. And let yourself off the hook. If you want to find out more about Jennifer Fitzpatrick and her book, Cruising Through Caregiving, and you can find some of the checklists she was talking about too in the interview, cruisingthroughcaregiving.com. Well, that wraps up uh, the 32nd Book Club podcast for 2019. Coming up at the beginning of 2020, we're going to make this the best year ever for you. And maybe this is your resolution. This is the year you really want to get deeper in your faith. So we're going to start off right away with a book called Platinum Faith. Live Brilliant, Be Resilient, and Know Your Worth by Bethany Jett and Michelle Medlock Adams. Look for that coming up on January 6th.